It's nearly the end of February, and I could be feeling the winter doldrums, but there's a lot of good things happening around here. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, subsistence farmers using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make all misstatements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of February the 21st, introducing our new theme music. We're excited to have the uh, new music, Longleaf Dream. And tell us a little bit about the music. Well, the music was written by Adrian Lee Borden, who's our announcer, and Justin Farley, a dear friend of ours and hers. Um, and we performed it by, well, Justin. We meaning we, Justin and Adrian and you. Right. Justin was playing the acoustic guitar. Adrian played the ukulele. And I played the mountain dulcimer. And lest you think this is some highfalutin kind of production, we were sitting around in the lodge kind of hanging out and decided, hey, well, this would be fun to do. Yeah. And uh, we were just put it jamming. together in an afternoon. Yeah, we did. We had we spent some time just jamming. Um, we have certain obstacles to overcome when we jam. For example, my dulcimer is in the key of D. Their instruments, that is Adrian and Justin's, were in the key of C. I am not all that experienced uh, a dulcimer player yet. I tried to transpose and... Um, but we luckily we found some chords I could play on <laughs> the dulcimer. And I served as um, chief cook and audio engineer and got everybody recorded. And we used some very rudimentary kind of recording equipment. So we had to record each one of you individually. And we should mention, actually. And layer the result. Right. One of the tracks actually features Adrian playing the steel pan, too. True. I meant to mention that. Yeah. Um, and you actually play the steel pan, but you couldn't do that and do the sound engineering you did. So uh, we have lots of talent around here. I'm the least of it, but the other people were really good, and I hope you'll enjoy the music. Yeah, and you'll hear at the end of the podcast, you'll hear Justin playing the slide guitar a little bit, which will be fun. So uh, that's uh, our report on the music, which is exciting to us, and we figured... There, there is a lot going on here, so we would do, just do a sort of a, a general update of what's going on at Longleaf Breeze. Um, why don't you start with what you're pulling these days? Yes, Veg Hill is under is beginning that period of transition from fall slash winter garden to preparing for spring. So the first thing I did was I, I well, it's an ongoing process. The first thing I did since our last podcast, <laughs> is I pulled all the fall lettuce up. It was looking pretty sad anyway. Um, all the cauliflower plants, because they had finished producing. Um, harvested probably the first of the Brussels sprouts. That was fun. We um, ate the last rutabaga. There is one really small rutabaga out there, and I just left it. I thought it'll be interesting to see if it actually develops into anything that you know it's this is not the time of year you would expect it to do much but eh, I didn't want to pull what what seemed to be a healthy plant I planted some new lettuce that I purchased from petals from the past um, both some green and some red actually the red is looking better than the green since it's been in the ground um, I planted some new cabbage plants um, I terminated some of our cover crop the black oats 
just just enough to plant some things. Um, we're leaving a good bit of that out there until there, there's going to be a demonstration uh, or actually a seminar here at the farm um, for ACES, the Alabama Cooperative Extension System, um, March 12th. So we're getting, we, we have some crops in, specifically cover crops, that we want people to be able to see. Um, and so I'm, I'm just pulling the, some of that cover crop now as I need the space. But one thing I've discovered is that, that black, the black oats come up pretty easily. You know, it's not that hard to get it to release from the soil. But if you just, and, and I want to lay that mulch, uh, lay that black oat back down on the soil to serve as mulch. And that works pretty well. But I discovered if you don't completely detach the roots, it re, you know, it, it isn't dead. I mean, it keeps <laughs> going. So that, it has a will to live. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so I learned that what I have to do is pull that stuff up, leave it in a bucket for a while, let it kind of dry out and then put it back down on the soil. But it does make good mulch. And tell us what that meant for some of the onions well, out there. Well, I had to, uh, quote, rescue some of the onions I planted because what happened back in the fall, late fall when I was planting the onions is that I had distributed some black oat seed and it didn't seem to be germinating or doing anything, just seeds lying there. So I thought, eh, no big deal. And I planted my onions because that's where I decided I wanted to plant them and I couldn't really get the seed up at that point. Well, then we had a lot of rain. We've had lots of rain because those beds are not yet drip irrigated. So um, where, where I had the onions and the leeks and that kind of thing. But uh, the black oats, not only germinated, but they grew aggressively. And I had seeded pretty heavily, um, which I, I want to do if I strictly want a cover crop. But so the weather finally took a little bit uh, better turn. and I didn't mind going out there. And I thought, you know, I might just have to start out with some other onions. I bought a few more from Farmer's Feed and Wetumpka, pulled the black oats and found that a good many of those onions were still alive. And yes, they probably would be a lot farther along had I not let that happen. But I'm admitting what a doofus I was, that I planted onion sets into a bunch of seeds that were going to germinate. So um, learn my lesson well, on that one. I'm, I'm not going to accuse you of being stupid. I think those those are just those things we learn. They're so, things we learn. And we've learned a valuable yes, lesson there. because it was a lot more work to have to you know, rescue those onions by pulling the, the black oats if I had simply just, and I did, you know, a few of them had died and I went back and, and added some new ones. But And I so think we'll, you may have found something else out there when you were in the process of pulling weeds. And well, so when forth. I weeded, I did have some areas I just, they were just plain weeds that had developed, which is another lesson I've learned to go ahead and mulch uh, some of these plants so that I don't develop them. And in the process of pulling them, I think, I don't want to speak too soon, and I've been looking around online to see if I could get a good picture of a really early stage artichoke plant, because I had sowed some artichoke seeds out there and despaired of having any, because um, about two days after I planted them, I saw big holes where the moles had already been out there. I thought, ah, doomed. I won't have any artichokes. But right along that line where I had planted them, I'm seeing a plant that I don't think is a weed, and they developed kind of a long tap root. And unfortunately, I pulled a couple of them up thinking they were weeds. And I realized, oh, that's not a weed. Hmm. So I um, tried to put them back. You know, <laughs> we'll see if that happens. But anyway, I'm going to keep an eye on those. And because artichokes are something I really want to be able to plant successfully. Oh, of course. Uh, we would love to be able to raise artichokes. So I will uh, 
stay tuned on that one. I'll keep you posted. There is some other bad news other than the fact that I pulled up an artichoke accidentally. We've got critter damage. Uh, I went out there two days ago and saw that about five entire strawberry plants had been just removed as if a person came and just summarily took a spade fork or something and took it out the whole so whatever it is and it could have been a mole that's come up now moles are not vegetarians but voles are the moles create the holes the voles come up and can grab almost anything so i don't know what happened but those strawberry plants were gone and um the bottoms of some of my carrots have been eaten and those my experience with those it would be a vole because they love to nibble um root vegetables and if you'll recall i lost my entire sweet potato crop and my most of the irish potatoes last year to voles so um i gotta deal with that somehow um there's also was one of the new lettuce plants that was detached at the stem which that could have been you know a grasshopper or anything it's it warmed up enough a couple of weeks ago we could have had a grasshopper i don't know but we'll just have to keep an eye out but it is discouraging to go out there we have the deer fence around we have raised beds and to still have problems with critters eating what i've planted and i'm sure that i am not alone in fact we presented at a garden club last week we talked about it and people were just um regaling us with stories of the deer damage they're suffering yeah we're getting a lot of questions from people about our deer fence we actually have two flavors of deer fence here uh, a seven foot barrier deer fence on veg hill and a three-line electric fence around the orchard and both of them seem to be working well yes I'm, I'm happy to say and I knock on wood when I say it that deer are not our problem uh, now when we get when I start planting things up around the lodge where I don't plan to put a deer fence that is going to be an issue one of my good friends just told me last week or a couple of days ago, actually, that she had planted some camellias that the deer ate. Yeah, we'll have to be very careful about planting tender anything ornamentals yeah. or yeah, tender plants of any kind because yeah. the deer will be very hungry, we know. Right. And we don't want them eating things out of Edge Hill or the orchard, so I guess um, we'll just have to, to take appropriate precautions up there. But talk about the orchard. I know you have some news about well, that. Yeah, we've got a lot going on in the orchard as well, starting with the, the thing you see the most when you drive up to the orchard, which is eight pallets of firewood arranged on the orchard floor. Um, we have been slow in getting our firewood ready this year, and as a result, I'm trying to make up for lost time by getting the most sun I can on those pallets before the firewood burning season arrives next year. And the way we're doing it is having them arrayed on the orchard floor so they can soak up as much sunshine as possible. It's in a gap where they're not shaded and they're not shading anything other than just turf grass. So um, that'll we'll leave those pallets out there all summer long and probably move them in under cover somewhere around Labor Day so they can have some time to dry out right um i guess the big news in terms of our uh, new initiatives is four golden kiwi 
that you purchased when you were on the way back from Birmingham at Pedals from the Past. At long last. We've been waiting for those guys, We've haven't we? We've been holding uh, four positions on Veg Hill uh, expressly for the availability of those golden kiwi. And we finally got an email from Jason, Jason Powell at Pedals from the Past saying that they were available. So... I think it was that very day that you were planning to travel, so you stopped off and picked us up four of them, right. two females and two males. These are all the um, golden sunshine. Yes. Yeah, golden sunshine. Well, the, the females are golden sunshine and the males are tiger, which is right, their... which is the male version or the male right. agent for mm-hmm. golden sunshine. Mm-hmm. We opted not to use any golden dragon just because they need a separate male cultivar. And we didn't want to have to plant multiple males. And they were in larger containers. We wanted to True, go. they were more expensive. When you start paying for and then planting, <laughs> it's easier to deal with a one-gallon than a three-gallon yeah, container. Yeah, we're just so. real big believers in starting with one-gallon uh, tree, fruit trees in every occasion uh, or bare root. Um, just because it makes it easier to plant and it won't take them any time at all to catch up with the growth of a three-gallon tree. So um, we're, we don't ever prefer the larger ones. Sometimes we don't have a choice if we've got something we need to get and it's available only in a three-gallon, but we'll always prefer a one-gallon. And you want to talk about why we're planting kiwi fruit out in Veg Hill, as we call it. Well, um, I guess the reason we are planting these kiwi on Veg Hill is that we had positions out there reserved for muscadines. With what kind of trellising? With a a double Double curtain curtain trellis, which it really does not work well for muscadines, we've since learned. And so we're we're trying to figure out, okay, how can we use these trellises? And we realized, okay, they would be a very pretty decent place to grow kiwi. So that's where why we're using Veg Hill to grow the kiwi, just because we've got that nice uh, double curtain trellis already in place. And we'll make the most use of that. And then it, I, I should also say on, in terms of the orchard that February is pruning month for our fruit trees, at least here in central Alabama, February is pruning month. So I um, have always said I need to get my pruning done this month and I have now succeeded in getting it done. All the pruning is done now, which feels great to have that done. Uh, let's see what else is going on. Well, I planted a new sp- muscadine yeah. Yeah. and we're, we're planting that to fill in. We planted a, uh, we have an, another blackberry and we have another blueberry and I need to plant them as well. And, and then will. three new muscadine plants in addition that go on Veg Hill. Correct. We've got three positions out on Veg Hill that are still, we're, we're still going to put uh, Granny Val muscadines out there. And, and we're replacing the uh, original ones because those just didn't get large enough to suit us. Right? The, they the were. plants were fine, but the berries were too small to be really useful. So now we've I went ahead and pulled them last year, and we're going to be planting these granny vowels. You might as well go for the gusto, right? They'll have <laughs> nice big berries, and we love big berries. So that's Now let's finish up just talking a little bit about, I don't know whether people will be able to hear this heavy equipment that's going on outside if you our do door. Hear, yes, if you hear anything in the background, there is heavy equipment right outside our window as we speak. Yeah, and if you can't hear it, I guess it's a tribute to the 
uh, effectiveness of these little headset microphones that we wear when we do the, the podcast because we can sure hear it. Yes, and what's going on, we have big news for the property itself here at Longleaf Breeze. Um, we could say we're getting a facelift of some kind. We are, um, Rodney Griffith and his crew, are they're out there uh, doing some earth moving. Our land here is very hilly. We've had some major struggles with erosion, with um, being able to, to maintain a driveway that works well. Um, and we've had a lot of rain, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, uh, and some of it just um, vigorous rain, you know, <laughs> relentless rain. So the washing has been a problem. And we realize that we're just going to struggle with this from now on if we don't go ahead and address it. So we're having some um, landscape moving around, we driveway that needs improving. Uh, a little bit of it will have asphalt. Uh, more of it will have um, what was the number of that stone? 57. 57. Who knew there were that many kinds of stones? Before I moved out to the country, I've heard about number four stone and number eight stone. Well, this is well, we 57. We heard 78. We 78. Heard shot. Right. Uh, but this is 57. So mm -hmm. um, it's just a little smaller than number four stone. And that's what will go down on our main driveway when everything is finished. And I just uh, came in after running some errands in town and learned that they are really chewing up our driveway in the process of getting all this heavy equipment in and out, but I'm sure that we will have get that repaired when they yes, finished all I'm of sure. the moving. Yes, because that'll be part of their project too. So anyway, we're excited about it and what will happen up around the lodge there with the earth moving will enable us to begin planting. First of all, we'll just have grass up there to hold the soil, but over time, we hope to develop a nice garden up there around the lodge. And yes, making it as deer resistant as possible is going to be a major priority. Uh, so, you know, we, stay tuned for yeah, information not about that. I'm quite sure what we'll do on that. That's the, yeah. like you say, we, we face a real challenge there. For what it's worth, the ornamentals I have down around the, where we live now, around the barn, they haven't touched. And that's been, you that's know, true. as much as you can complain about having knockout roses. They haven't bothered those. <laughs> so. Well, that's true. And they've left the lantana alone, as, yeah. at least as nearly as we can and tell. And I have two azaleas out back. Fine. They haven't touched them. Yeah. So we're hopeful we can do something. So that's sort of what's going on here at Longleaf Breeze. We hope things are going well for you, and we will look forward to visiting with you again next week. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama, 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log and check in with Lee and Amanda. That's longleafbreeze.com.